Welcome, welcome to the Shopway Show. So happy to have you here this evening. Yes, it is Monday, 7 p.m., and you got to look at my mug. It is Ask Me Anything, A-M-A. Yes, it is. I'm so happy that I have you guys here today. As always, you know what I'm going to ask you to do? Like, comment, share. It does matter. Please let people know that we're out here doing this, that we're out here making impact. Thank you so much for that. I want to talk about what I used to do, what I used to work at years ago, maybe 25 years ago, give or take, in that, in that, um, in that area. I used to sell uh, background investigations, pre-employment screening and background investigation services to mostly large organizations. So for example, if you're going to be you know, you're going to be hiring people. I would be the one coming and selling and my company would then do a detailed background check. Most of these were larger organizations like banks that would do a 10, 10 year background check on someone, but it could also be smaller companies want to check if someone had a criminal background or something like that. That was a common thing. Now, why do I bring this up? Because in this case, there were laws that helped to protect people and they still existed. So things like um, you, a, an employer was not, and I'm assuming this is still true. It may not be, it's been 25 years, but the odds are it's still true and probably even stronger now. When you would do a background check on someone, the employer, it was against the law for the employer to, to use an arrest record against the person who they were trying to hire. So if you were arrested, if you had an arrest record, they couldn't get it. So a good background um, investigation company would not provide any arrest data to the employer. Well, why? Why wouldn't you just do it and they just can't use it? Because the way the laws are written, if you use an arrest record, not a conviction, but an arrest record, and the person was denied, they could sue you and say, you used an arrest record. I wasn't convicted. You can't do this. I was arrested. And it actually happened. It was a famous one. I think it was Morgan Stanley. A guy uh, sued and won, you know, seven figures. It was huge. It was a huge piece. During the 90s there or 80s, it was, they were, it was during the 90s, early 90s. They were, they were breaking up a bunch of, uh, you know, drugs. And they would go and arrest the entire, you know, they would arrest the, the, the entire um, corner. Everyone who's there got arrested. Every black male got arrested. That was a common thing that was happening constantly. So they just arrest the entire, everyone who, who's black and a male in the corner, arrest them all. Clear it out later. Well, this kid was doing nothing but grabbing milk or something. And later when he tried to get a job, at, I think it was Morgan Stanley. It was some financial firm. They used the arrest record and said, we're not going to hire you. He sued and he won. Because the laws are written that, it's going to sound crazy, that the company had to prove that they didn't use the arrest record. So the company was guilty until proven innocent. That's how it worked. The, 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 the employer, the employee had a total advantage. I'm sure it's still that way. But not just that. Even a conviction record. Once you've done your time, whatever your time was, this was New York State, the FCRA, Fair Credit Reporting Act. Um, again, I, I, it may have changed many years ago, but I'm assuming it's going to be close, whatever the change may have been. But it also used to be that from when you were released from prison, you couldn't use anything where it was uh, seven years, once it was past seven years. So if you got out of jail in 2001, as of 2008, it was against the law for an employer to use that 
conviction against you. You could actually write, you said, no, I can use it against me. I, I was, I'm not a felon anymore. After seven years after your, your time was served. Again, that may have changed, but that's what it was. Why do I bring this up? Because in that case too, actual crimes, actual arrests and crimes, the government, when it came to employment, was on your side 100%. I'm still sure is, but again, laws I'm sure change, but this is what it was back then. And after seven years, couldn't use it anymore. You were forgiven after seven years. That's how it was in New York State. The, the federal guidelines had their own guidelines. New York had their own guidelines, but New York State was seven years. Literally, you could sue the company and win. And win when you did an actual crime. Now, there's no crime. They can just go back and look at your tweets. Not from seven years, from 10 years ago or more. And you get fired. When you have a job. And that's fine. So how is it okay that if I literally, you know, rob the liquor store or insert violent crime that you want to insert, whatever that thing is, whatever I did, and I get out of jail seven years later, I'm good. You can't use it. Against the law. Against the law. If I get arrested three times, but never convicted, arrested three times, you can't use that. You cannot use that. Absolutely can't. But I wrote tweets 10 years ago, and I can be canceled. What has happened? What has happened to our nation when that's the issue? I am shocked that that's where we are now. And the worst part is they aren't that bad on top of it. They aren't even that bad. The tweets that we're talking about aren't bad. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the, the teen Vogue uh, young lady, young woman, who basically got fired because of what she did 20 to 10 years ago. She was 17 years old. 17 years old. Oh my God. 17 years old. So she has to go, but Cuomo doesn't. She has to go, but Trump doesn't. She has to go, but insert high profile person doesn't. Don't I always tell you the same thing? I tell you all the time. Zero tolerance culture. One strike near out rules. Always hurt. Always hurt the little guy more than a big guy. Every single time. We're seeing it right now. So she does some tweets when she's 17. Your career's over. Big guys do it. Whatevs. New TV show. New TV show. That's how that works. You get a new TV show. You get more followers on whatever. Twitter or TikTok or whatever is the cool thing of the day. Smirconish. Michael Smirconish is usually very good. It's a show on Saturdays. I'm going to show you a little bit about this show. I think you will enjoy it. He covers this specific issue. And I love what he says about it. But... It's important that you see where his head is and even where he goes wrong, too. 27-year-old journalist Alexia McCammon out as Teen Vogue's editor-in-chief before she even started. Thursday's announcement made by both McCammon and the magazine, it comes after anti-Asian and homophobic screenshots of tweets of hers from 10 years ago. I want to say, remember, homophobic and anti-Asian, right? That's what they said. Homophobic and anti-Asian tweets from 10 years ago when she was 17.
surfaced this month. The journalist mocked the appearance of Asian people, perpetuated racist stereotypes, and made... Now, I want you to look at this. If you can see this, I'll show you something else. If, if you can't see this, if you're listening, I'll tell you. It literally says, this is her tweets, when she was 17 years old or 18 years or whatever it was, 10 years ago, outdone by Asian. What's new? Not nice. Next one. Now going to not wake up. Not, now Googling how to not wake up with swollen Asian eyes. Next. Give me a two in 10 on my chem problem. Cross out all of my work and don't explain what I did wrong. Thanks a lot, you stupid Asian. T.A. You're great. She was like an old Asian woman. LOL. Now, are these nice tweets? No. Have you heard 17-year-olds talk about race? I have one. I know her friends. If you're listening to 17-year-olds right now talk about race, this is nothing. This is nothing. And it's 10 years ago. And she was 17. And please tell me, where is the harshness here? Is she calling them something bad? Now, here's the anti, the homophobic one. Why is this newsworthy? It's not. She retreats Chicago Tribune. Major League Baseball umpire Dale Scott reveals he's gay. She's right. That's not a big deal. You're gay. Good on you. You're not gay. Good on you. Don't care. Not newsworthy. If anybody was, was homophobic, it's Chicago Tribune for, for tweeting something that is just someone's personal life. Good on you. Oh, out, gay guy, good for you. Life is good. Next, thought you were a Lakers fan, you bandwagon H-word. I want to say it because I'll get in trouble. She's laughing. I got it. That's horrible? Have you heard 17-year-olds say gay jokes? I'm not going to tell you the horrible crap I said when I was 17. I'll get canceled tomorrow. I'm not telling you. In fact, I said nothing. I was mute for my high school years. Yeah. Another one, ha, 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 you're so gay. Ha, 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 you're so gay. I want to be clear. That's what she said. That's what is horrible. Those those tweets, just so you're clear, that's what we're talking about. Made homophobic slurs. Slurs. The tweets are no longer on her account. The slurs. offensive tweets first resurfaced in 2019 when she was at Axios, where she acknowledged they were wrong and apologized for them. Did you hear that? So they came up at her other place. She then literally wrote, today I was reminded of some past insensitive tweets. I'm deeply sorry to anyone I offended. She didn't go, if I offended. She didn't play the if game. She said, I know I offended people, and I'm sorry. I've deleted them. They don't affect. They do not affect, reflect my views of who I am today. Said she's sorry. That was eight years, right? That was eight years after she was in high school, right? Okay. Should be done, right? No. Her new gig was announced on March the 5th. Three days later, Teen Vogue staffers sent a letter to management expressing their concerns regarding her past to which... I would fire every single one of these staffers. And I said it openly. Every one of these staffers, I would blacklist them and fire them immediately. I'll take a lawsuit. If you're a staffer and you go back and do this and put this up, you're a piece of garbage. If you're a staffer watching and you're one of these people, you're a piece of garbage. How dare you decide to go back to someone 10 years and then say she should be fired because she said stuff that makes me feel bad. How broken are you?
How broken are you if you go, oh, we're hiring someone new? First thing I should do is go check, go 10 years back into their tweets and see if they've ever said anything negative. You freaking Stasi, you Nazi, you KGB piece of garbage. You're the woke police. Wow. I don't actually blame Team Vogue as much as I blame them. I blame Team Vogue for not literally firing every one of them and doxing them on top of it. Letting everyone know, don't hire these people. They're pieces of garbage. Don't hire them. They are going to put you in trouble. They're going to destroy. They're going to destroy. Blacklist all of them. You, you thought, you people thought, and I use that phrase on purpose. You people thought it was okay to blacklist this woman forever, even though she apologized. We should blacklist you. Every one of you who are part of this note are a piece of garbage. Should be blacklisted. Horrible. How? What's wrong with you? McCammon responded with another apology. Here we go. Hold on. We we we've heard the concerns of our readers and we stand with you. Oh 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 my God. Reject those sentiments. She gave another apology. Another apology. On March 10, she issued yet another apology on Twitter, where she said, in part, I'm so sorry to have used such hurtful and inexcusable language. And there is her problem. We have taught people, as you watch this right now, we are teaching people to never say sorry. She said, I'm sorry, hurtful and inexcusable. Okay, the language is not hurtful or inexcusable. Stop. If you are Asian, and you see those tweets and you're annoyed, yep, annoyed, agreed. If you're if you're angry about it, yeah, I can say that too. But to say that you're hurt by that, if you're hurt by her tweets, if you are actually hurt by them, not annoyed, I get that. Bothered, I get that too. If you're actually hurt by that, you have a problem. Please go seek, seriously, therapy. You're in trouble. If those tweets hurt, if you're sitting at home going, oh my God, she said Asian bad. If that's hurting you, I've been called far worse to my face multiple times. Your hurtfulness on this, what's wrong with you? You shouldn't be hurt. Again, bothered, annoyed. Again, this is happening. Yes, not hurt. And then inexcusable. No, totally excusable. You were 17 years old. Totally excusable. Totally, completely excusable. If there's anything excusable, it's this. This is totally excusable. You said sorry twice. So what is what is her reward for using the language of uh, of the uh, of the of the police by by bending the knee, saying sorry twice? What is her reward? It's worth noting that Condé Nast, which owns Teen Vogue and other media publications, was aware of the tweets during the interview process Look, and they knew, knew that she'd apologized for them. Yep. The controversy over McCammon's hire caused Ulta Beauty and Burt's Bees, some of the magazine's major advertisers, to suspend their campaigns with the publication. What is wrong with you, Burt's Bees? Why are you supporting that company now? What's wrong with you? Why would you think, oh my God, she said something? You know why? Because the loud woke police are very loud. That's the reason. That's the reason. 
Why would you, why in the world would you do that, Burt's Bees? How stupid is that? You're part of the problem. Condé Nast wouldn't have acted. Wouldn't have acted if you wouldn't have done what you did. The horrible human beings who went back and did the, the and did the actual research, how horrible are they? And how horrible are those companies deciding that, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I gotta suspend because some they hired somebody who said something that was kind of not cool 10 years ago when they were in high school. That's who you're trying to deal with. Shame on all of you. And you wonder why this place collapses. It's your fault. So even after publicly and privately showing remorse multiple times, the backlash continued. Yep. McCammon issued a statement Thursday announcing her departure where she apologized publicly for the third time. Third time. And took full responsibility. McCammon also noted her past tweets have overshadowed the work that she's done to highlight the people and issues she cares about. Yep. She was 17 years old when she fired out those tweets. And like any adult should, McCammon took responsibility for them and promised to do better. Yep. Does she really deserve to lose her job over no. this now? No. There's no question it's necessary to denounce racist and offensive behavior. Okay. No, it's not necessary to denounce this. You can absolutely stop with the necessary. It's not. You could just let her go about her life. It's not necessary. That's the word you got to stop. You're falling for them, Smirkanish. Stop. It's not necessary. You can. Not necessary. But is redemption even possible no, in an unforgiving climate like today's? Nope. Graham Wood joins me now to discuss. He's a staff writer for The Atlantic. He recently wrote this piece titled, America Has Forgotten How to Forgive. Yes. He's also the author of the book, The Way of the Strangers, Encounters with the Islamic State. Graham, I'm watching the reaction to mm, the firing, the lack of her accepting, being able mm -hmm. to be given the job. And she's drawing so much support, at least in the quarters that I'm paying attention to, that I'm Wrong wondering ones. if this case represents a pendulum swing. How do you see it? I hope it is. I do. I hope this young woman's pain represents a pendulum swing. Because there's a lot of people talking about this now and how horrible this is. Right now, we have, we, in theory... And for those of you who are watching and listening who are Democrats, if you're a Democrat, your message that you're giving out is actually a good message. The rhetoric is good. Equality, uh, fairness, this is wonderful messaging. You should be, should be killing it throughout the entire country. Everybody should be running to you as fast as possible. But they're not. Why? Because while your lovely rhetoric of fairness and equality and great rhetoric and great goals, by the way, goals that I agree with, by the way, I agree with the goals. I do. But your methodology is terrible. All it's about is force, thought police, and you just can't stop alienating everybody. Who won't you alienate? Now you're alienating young black women. That's your next. Who else are you going to alienate? You alienate everybody. How, who's going to be left? Is there anyone you won't put up against the wall and shoot? Is there anyone you won't sacrifice on your altar of wokeness? There is. The elites. Yeah. You won't sacrifice Cuomo, will you? You won't. 51% of New Yorkers still want him to be governor. You won't sacrifice him. No. But the little people like her, 
Off with her head. Off with her head. Burn the witch. Yeah. Yeah, it, it might. I mean, uh, it, when I heard about it, I, I thought I was a teenager. Um, yep. Michael, you probably were too at some point. I was. And it seems strange that, that of all magazines, Teen Vogue would not mm -hmm. understand that the whole point of being a teenager is that you make terrible mistakes. Yes. Mortifying mistakes, the worst mistakes yes. of your life. And then at some point you correct them and um, there's this wonderful bonfire of your mistakes that, and you, you enter adulthood and uh, you ideally don't make them again. That would um, be nice. So I, I think there's a lot of people who now understand that. And the worst part is she did exactly what he said. She said some dumb things. She did. She said some dumb things. True. Some insensitive things. True. Totally forgivable. And compared to her peer group, nothing. And she apologized later and said, hey, I was dumb. I was a dumb kid. I made some bad mistakes. Sorry about that. I'm sorry. And she didn't play the if I hurt. She said, I know I made some people upset and I'm sorry about that. No, not good enough. Got to got to have to destroy her. And more importantly, she's 27. She's 27. She spent at least the last five or six years of her life in this industry trying to make a go at it. And got a good job, pushed her way through, went to college, whatever she did. And now it's over because of what she did when she was 17. But here's the worst part. What if she had just, as soon as it came out, said, to hell with you all. You don't like me? Go to hell. What if she said that? What if she said, Psh, I don't care what you think. You don't like me? Your loss, not mine. Sorry, not sorry. What if she said that? She'd have a TV show right now. She'd have a TV show right now. They'd be looking at her to be a, a, to get her own podcast. We've trained people that the right answer is to tell the people who are mad at you to go take a hike. Take a flying leap. Shut up. I'm not sorry. That's what you've taught them to do. I'm not leaving. I don't care. Fire me. And I'll sue you when I'm done. And then boom, she's got a. She's the co-host of a, of a TV show now. She'd be everywhere. She'd be a celebrity. That's what she'd be now. We're teaching everybody, don't be sorry. Just as soon as they, as soon as they attack you, fight back. Yell back at them. They call you a racist, call them a double racist. They, they attack you. And she's a black woman. She said, she just said it when they were all racist. And oh my God, she'd be in every TV show across the world. She'd be on Japanese TV, Chinese TV. She'd be everywhere. She'd be everywhere. We're doing this. And we're accepting it. I'm trying to not accept this. It's not the right answer. Zero tolerance policies suck. One strike and you're out is bad. This is what cancel culture actually is. Right? When people talk about cancel culture, the right gets this wrong all the time. The right is totally wrong on this. The right goes, well, cancel culture is us in freedom of speech. That's not cancel culture. That's stuff that people say that means, that means nothing. That's just like right rhetoric. What cancel culture actually is, is zero tolerance policy. It is one strike and you're out and you're punished forever. It is no redemption ever. It is don't you dare show any weakness. The left thinks that they are doing the right thing when they do this, but they are leaning into the right. They're giving, the, they're making the right it validates everything the right says about them. It, they validate it every time. They're feeding their enemy. If you're a Democrat and you're listening, 
stop feeding your enemy. The right's loving it. It's like, give us more. Keep doing this cancel culture stuff. They're, they're loving it. You're throwing people their way. You're not going to get the goal that you want, Democrats. You're just not. It doesn't work. Zero tolerance policy is always going to fail. That's what cancel culture is. It's not rights. and That's not what it is. This is not about government. It's about you can't make a mistake, so why bother? It's about since like since there isn't is a redemption, then fight. That's what it is. Show strength. Just show power. Show strength. The the one thing that most people on the left would, would agree with Trump is he always showed strength. He always showed power. That he did. So now you're trying to make more of him? I thought you didn't like Trump. You're making more of him. Maybe things have gone a little too far. Maybe there needs to be some mechanism of forgiveness, yes. some mechanism of redemption. Yes. And instead, we see the people who are in some ways, you know, the guardians of, of teenagers' years right now and their culture, instead acting as if uh, what you do at the age of, uh, of 17 um, is unforgivable. That, that, unforgivable. Uh, any tweet that's on your record then is on your permanent record forever. And forever. And will torpedo your job chances at the age of 27 and beyond. I just want you to think about that. For those of you who are older, say you're over 40 right now, over 50. If you're listening right now and you're over 40 right now, think about a knucklehead you were when you were a teenager compared to who you are now. I'm not trying to insult you because we were all knuckleheads. Think of what a knucklehead you were when you were a teenager. And now you should be judged that way for the rest of your life? For the rest of your life? That's what's happening now. And you're going to wonder where are these kids going to go? What, what's going to happen? You know, What's going to happen to her now in the future? How can she be? She spent her life doing this. Now she's 27. She's to reboot again in this economy. She has to reboot again. How devastated is she, her family, her friends? Devastated. Because a couple of pieces of garbage decided, I'm going to go back 10 years and check her tweets, you scumbags. Shame on you all. That Burt's Bees. I'm going to cancel. What's wrong with you? God, what's wrong with you? Horrible people. Look, I love the internet. I'm forever grateful, though, that it didn't exist when I was a teenager. I mean, yes. the most trouble that we could create that would follow us around was something to do with a Xerox machine that I best not describe. <laughs> I'm wondering if there's an age differential on this, because the people that I'm hearing from and that I'm following are similar in age to me. Yes, And I'm point. wondering if maybe those who are somehow, you know, 18 to 30-ish look at it differently. Any thoughts on that? Yep. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty likely. I, I mean, that there is a whole generation that has been um, living on eggshells. You know, mm -hmm. th they have been recorded in their foolish behavior for their entire adolescence and adult life, and um, they've been trained to watch each other. And that doesn't sound like a healthy way to live for anybody. Um, I too nope. am glad that, that um, the permanent record of my social media and so forth didn't begin until well into my adulthood. Um, and yeah, anybody who's under the age of 30 has experienced a, a level of, of, kind of panopticon-like uh, judgment and views from other people that Terrible. you and I probably have never felt until very recently. So it is generational, I'm sure. In the Atlantic, you- And that is my point that I, that I bring up, right? The, the issue here is if you're in your 40s or 50s, I hope, I, 
I hope that some that the things she said, if you're gay and you see those those tweets, or if you're Asian and you see those tweets, I really hope you're not hurt by that. And again, annoyed, yes. They were insensitive, but they were kids. Most of us who've been around, if you're if you had any, if you were ever the other, whether the other was a woman, whether it was gay, whether it was black, Hispanic, whether you were, you know, not the religion of the people around you, insert thing here, you were the other. If you're my age, I'm in my 50s. If you're my age older, you were called worse. In fact, if you were shorter than the others, or taller than the others, or skinnier than the others, or heavier than the others, you were called worse than those tweets. And if you saw it now, you'd be like, yeah, they used to call me that. That's kind of crappy. And you wouldn't like it. It wouldn't feel good. But you wouldn't be hurt or devastated. And it wouldn't be enough to make you go, I'm not going to work with that person. They insulted somebody once 10 years ago. <laughs> but the worst part is, how do you grow your business? How do you grow your organization? How do you grow your corporate culture when everyone's afraid to talk? This is how I look at it. We want our companies to compete now, don't we? To beat the Chinese and to, to beat the Germans and to beat the Japanese and to beat the insert company here, right? Of course we do. How can we? When we can't say anything without changing our words or being afraid we're going to be fired. How can we risk anything? Do you remember that burger? Was it Burger King? I think it was Burger King. They were talking about hiring women. They said a woman's place is in the kitchen. Remember that one? That was recently, what, a month ago? Shut up. Wow, stop. It's clearly a joke. They're trying to get more women. And if, if you're a woman and you're hurt, and I'm going to be very clear on the word I'm using. If you're annoyed by that, you think that's dumb or you think it's insensitive or you think maybe it's or you think maybe it is um, tone deaf. I'll buy all those things. But if you're hurt by that, you have a problem. You have no resilience. You have no ability to bounce back from any adversity. That's not adversity. If that's what hurts you, you have no chance of success. And when I say no, I mean none. You, you have a lottery ticket. That's your only chance of success. You can't survive in today's world that way. You wrote, the coup d'etat at Teen Vogue is the result of a debased form of identity building, one that mistakes an identity worth having for one based on the pitiless prosecution of offenses by members of other races, regardless of whether they are large or small, intended yep. or unintended, yep. ongoing or long disavowed. Yes. Speak to that issue. Yeah, I mean, Doesn't matter. part of this is, is, uh, has to be spoken of. Uh, in the context of anti-Asian violence, um, murders that have taken place against Asian people. And part of this has to be seen as an... A no. No, it doesn't. You don't have to put this in context of Asians being killed. Why? It was 10 years ago. If she had said it now, today, last week, yes, it should go in context. No, you are 100% wrong. It should not be in that context. It has nothing to do with it. It was 10 years ago. You should look at it from 10 years ago. A 17-year-old girl, and I will say girl. She was 70. She was a girl. She wasn't even a woman then. She was a girl. A 17-year-old girl talking trash 10 years ago. That's the context, my friend. Not today. If it was today, you would be correct. It's not. You shouldn't attempt to build identity in the ways that uh, we've seen previously in other ethnic groups, other races. And 
part of that I think is good. I mean, it, people should not be able to tweet about about the facial features of Asian people in a mocking way in adulthood without any consequence. Uh, on the other hand, completely false. Completely false. That statement is so broad. That statement is so broad, you're adding to the problem. People shouldn't be able to try to hurt people. Let me be very clear. To try to hurt people without social consequence. If you're telling a joke, it's a joke. You're a comedian. You got social consequence. You can never work. Shut up. Stop. If I think my eyes look like some Asian eyes and I say, it looks like I'm Asian today. If I were to say that, I did, but I'd say I did. Am I trying to hurt Asian people? No, no consequence. If I'm insulting the eyes, and go, oh, they're ugly like this or they're bad like these people. Yeah. Intent does matter. You just wrote regardless of intent or size. And you just went right back to the, I have to say the right things because the woke police will get me. To hell with the woke police. They don't like you. They don't like anybody. They're going to cancel you. They're going to cancel me. They're going to try to cancel everybody. I don't care. I don't say insensitive things because I don't want to be insensitive. And when I say it, I try to correct it because I don't want to be insensitive. I don't, but damn about the woke police, they're going to come after you eventually anyway. And I'm not going to say sorry to them. I may say if I hurt somebody, I'll say sorry if I hurt somebody, but not to them. I don't care what they think. They're pieces of garbage, like these Gestapo, these Stasi members, these brown shirts, right? They're knocking on your door, wear your papers. Don't care about them. You shouldn't either. You, you're an author. Stop. You'll be fine. There is something um, different about, about the Asian identity, you know, white identity, black identity. These, these are part of this long history of American original sin, and Asian identity if we build it up, I, I, I think as an Asian person myself, I, I think that it would be nice if we didn't have to use these sort of broken templates um, that have, have come from, um, from previous ethnic groups' experience. And what that means is not adopting some of the vindictive excesses, the total lack of forgiveness that has beset people when they've made offenses in those other racial contexts. So we, we might be able to create an identity that is more positive and avoids those excesses altogether. This team. Uh, okay. I'm going to be, maybe I'm crazy here, but do we have that much in America? Negative stereotypes about Asian people. Is it that bad? Maybe I'm wrong. I, I mean, this is a serious conversation piece, right? It's like building an identity. I feel like, and this maybe it may be because I'm in New York and sometimes being in New York city, I'm blind to these issues outside of New York. And I'm being very forward. Sometimes I am. In New York City, I don't feel like anybody cares if you're Asian or black or, I mean, when it comes to hiring people. I don't feel like anybody actually cares. I feel like that ship has sailed. I think most people, and it's just my view of my world, so I could be way off here. In my world, I feel like most people feel like Asian people are smart. What's the they they good at math? Isn't that the thing they say about Asian people? I, I I don't think of any of that stuff. I just think just some guys, some guys, some body, some body. I don't really care. But I think I I don't think of any negative stereotypes. Maybe there are some. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't see them. I feel like this is making something bigger than it is. 
maybe I'm off. And I, I'm happy to be wrong. If someone can show me something that I'm wrong, I'm happy to be wrong on this one. I'm telling you from where I sit in New York City, I don't see this. Vogue incident is, is unfortunately a step in the wrong direction in that regard. Right. And I hope I hope it personally, I hope it does represent some kind of a pendulum swing, because uh, my view is that intemperate, even racist tweets when one's a teen should not be a permanent <clears throat> professional death sentence. Graham, thank you so much. I really appreciated the piece you wrote in The Atlantic. Thanks, Michael. There we go, guys. So I hope that was kind of clear for you guys. I hope that made sense in, in why I brought that up. Because it really, it really is an issue that we're dealing with now. So let me grab, this is an AMA, let me grab some comments. I, would, I just wanted to leave with that because it was bothering me. That's all. And of course, the first thing Pete says is national debt. Almost 28. Almost 28, Pete. Absolutely. Yes. 100%. Almost, almost there. Okay. So John says, my question in regard to one strike and you're out. If a gay person is against hormone blockers for children, should the LGBT community kick them out? Because I, I don't, they, I don't think they should. I think that's right. I don't think they should. Um, this is an issue. I think you're totally right. It's an issue that the people are dealing with. If you are not part of the T, particularly right now, you probably heard the term, if I get it right, um, the term is called a TERF. I forgot the acronym. It's an acronym. It stands for... Uh, Trans-exclusive radical feminist. I believe that's what the, the, the terms. If I got it wrong, please someone correct me. But I, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Trans-exclusive radical feminist. This is the idea that there are lesbians who are angry about the trans women being in the in that group. And supposedly, um, they want them out. And there is a movement to make that happen. However, to be fair, not every person who is against hormone blockers is is that but many people call them that so i think you do find in the lgbt community you do find a bit of that there also oh you don't believe that you're out you're not one of us you're mean you're a turf you're out to be forward there are people who follow exactly what a turf i'm using my air quotes like like you know who so you know turf who actually are the way that some people in trans community say they are those people absolutely exist but I do think that what winds up happening is if you're against hormone blockers, a lot of people put you in that in that one strike and you're out. You're not one of us. I think it does happen. I, I really think it does. So it and it shouldn't. You I would hope that you can be off on you know, one thing that someone doesn't like and you can still work together. So Jimmy says, Larry, how do you feel about felons that have done their time not being allowed to vote or carry weapons to defend themselves? It's completely unconstitutional and totally wrong. Look, if you get convicted of a crime, pay your debt. When your debt is paid, you should get all your rights back, all of them. If you don't, you are literally getting taxed without representation. Taxation without representation is un-American, and we fought a war over it. Now, if you're going to tell me if you're a convicted felon, you don't pay taxes anymore, Okay, then lose your rights. You're not paying tax anymore because you don't have any representation. So why are you being taxed? Now, again, I'm not one of those people who says people should be voting in jail. I'm not prepared to go there. I'm not. You can lose your rights for breaking laws and things of that sort. Of that sort. You can. And I'm, I'm actually okay with that, right? 
But once you're done, if they charge you with whatever, five years, whatever you charge, you do your five years. You don't get to vote or carry a gun in prison, clearly. But then when you're out, you're out. You pay your debt. You get a second chance at life. How come all of a sudden you can't defend yourself anymore? But worse, now you can't defend your family. So you're, you want to defend your family. You can't. You're a felon. Totally unconstitutional. Totally wrong. You get to vote. Once you're out, do your time. Pay your debt. Get all your rights back, Jimmy. It is unconstitutional, wrong, and embarrassing that we don't do that now. Everybody should get it. That's how it should work. So Bolshevik-type style takeover. This is... This is what it begins to feel. This is my, my my point I'm bringing. If you're a Democrat listening, think of what think of what this is doing to the right. You're emboldening the right. Supposedly you're they're their enemy, right? You don't want them to be, uh, you know, you, the right's evil and bad, and Trump's bad. Well, you're not helping your cause. You're alienating everybody. You already alienate white men. You've also began to alienate black men. You began to alienate white women, and now you're alienating black women. Wow, who's going to be left? Who's going to be left? Only the elites. That's it. Royal says society has become an overly offended cancer stick. And that's just one small part of it. The issue that we have to accept is there, a, is there is a difference between being offended and violence. The problem is we've decided that so much is violence. Silence is violence. Words are violence. This is, everything is violence. It's a difference. You are not, you, there's no freedom from being offended, right? If you, if you look at how America is shifting now, America is moving away from free, freedom to, to instead freedom from. It's not a healthy move. It's not a healthy move. If you're going to build strong people, they have to be able to get knocked down and get back up. And I mean that not physically. I don't want people to be hitting people. I don't mean that physically. I mean that emotionally. And you're going to have losses in your life. And you're going to have unfairness in your life. Absolutely. Right? Bill Maher brought this up. He was talking about Spotify. If I remember right, I think it was Spotify. Or one of those downloadable music sites. I think it was Spotify. And he was saying how it's unfair that, you know, of all the downloads, that so many, you know, only a few people get all the huge amounts of downloads. He's like, well, the, the bottom 1%, should get the bottom 1% of downloads, bottom 10%, bottom 10% of downloads. That's how it should work. And Bill Maher literally said, what's wrong with you? Something like a Spotify or whatever it was. I'm going to say Spotify because I think that's what it was. He says, you know, everybody, can put whatever you want on it. Put whatever you want in this thing. And now everyone can see it and they can pick. Well, if the bottom 10% doesn't get 10%, it's because they're not good at music compared to the others. Other people are better at music. It's called meritocracy. That's what he was talking about. And this is Bill Maher. Obvious Democrat. He's talking that you got to stop thinking that everything has to be fair, that you can't be offended because you're not getting the right views. Maybe you're not that good at music, and maybe you should get better. Maybe, maybe you don't market well. Maybe you should market better. There are many ways of thinking of that. It doesn't mean it's not fair. It means you got knocked down, learn your lessons, get back up, and either market better, or be a better musician, or do something else. 
I just hope the government isn't too far gone for us to save it. James, I'm with you, brother. I am. I I'm with you. I hope so. Yes. Um, Andrew says the elite always rule with an iron fist. Plus, get away with it. Yes. Anything and the non-elite get screwed all over every day. 100%. I say it all the time, right? And and the worst part is, every time you go down the road of any form of prohibition, any form of prohibition, the people who are hurt the worst every time, poor women, always. In any way, shape, or form, you name any prohibition, I will show you how poor women are affected the worst. Always. And the elites always get away with it. Every single time. Yes. So, Paula says, the team Vogue woman does not have an iron grip on the Democratic Party like Cuomo does. Well put, Paula. She doesn't have power. She has no power. And here's, the, and here's the worst part about this. If you talk to most people who are concerned about racial issues, I am too. You hear me speak of them here. I don't hide how I think. I tell you what I think all the time. What most people will tell you is the biggest issue is a power dynamic. That's the biggest issue, right? Why I'm upset at Cuomo. It's not because he said creepy things to women. He can say creepy things to women if he wants to. If he's out, you know, in some club or in some bar or something trying to pick up women, he can say creepy pickup lines and a woman can go, get away from you, creep, and walk away. Or maybe she likes him and she wants to go hang out and play some poker. Fine. That is, there's no power dynamic there. She can walk away. She can engage if she likes him. Or she can say, go take a hike, dude. It's fine. Whatever. There's no power dynamic there. I don't care that he says creepy things. If you're going out, you're not, you're not free from being offended by some creepy guy who says dumb stuff. That'll happen. That's how humanity works. Creepy guys will say creepy things. The point is, he had a power dynamic over those women. That's a problem. Now we look at Team Bogue and what she said. Where's the power dynamic? Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. So she wasn't 17 and they control the Asian people and putting them down or hiring or firing them. No power dynamic. Now her new job. No power dynamic. They have power over her. She has no power. Nothing. How is this a bad thing? There's no power dynamic. This is saying, God, I forgot who said it. I saw it in an interview. Charles Blow has a book out and he brought this up and I forgot. He was quoting someone and now I've, met, I've forgotten who he quoted. He says, um, if a man wants to lynch me, that's his problem. If a man has the power and ability to lynch me, that's my problem. And that's true. So if some guy wants to say, hey, sweetheart, let's go play whatever, strip poker, all right, whatever. Is he your boss? Does he control your life? Is he, is he, the, is he the governor and you need access to him because you're a reporter? That's a power dynamic. Is he some guy in a club? What do I care? Tell him to go away or go play strip poker with him. I don't care if you like that stuff. Do that. So anyway, Jimmy says, people change in 10 years. I can only imagine what I posted back when I was in the Ocon. Yeah, I'm with you. Every 10 years I change. I'm a different person every 10 years. Some of you may not even imagine me this way, thinking about who I am now. When I was 18, 19, I was that kid who wore the shirt that had the skull on it. And said, I was a Marine. I wear a tight shirt, a tattoo, and the shirt would literally say, kill them all, let God sort them out. That was the kid I was. I'm nowhere near that man anymore. I'm not even close to that man anymore. But that's what I thought was the cool, right thing to be when I was 18, 19, trying to be macho man. That's what I was doing. And it was dumb because I was a knucklehead. 
I'm not that guy anymore. I completely agree. People change. They do. If you let them, if you let them change, they change 100%. Just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Paula says she was a rude kid, so let's destroy her life and humiliate her on top of it. Yeah, because that'll change her. Now she'll love Asian kids if she didn't before. Now she'll love them. Absolutely. Yes. Steve says, I would definitely not want to account for anything I said 10 years ago. I regret things I said earlier today. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Because you're human, Steve, as am I. Sarah Silverman has said worse. Yeah, but she has she has, she has has pull. She has leverage. And so she's an elite. Uh, well, not elite, but she's a popular. So that she's a popular comedian. I don't know if she's elite. I don't know where she is. She was at one point elite. I'm not sure she still is. I don't know where comedy is now. That's not an insult on Sarah Silverman. I just don't know. That's ignorance on my part. I don't know where she is right now. So, yeah. Uh, Matthew says, I'm gay enough to say that's gay. Yeah. Yeah. That's she wasn't trying to, you know, insult gay people. Intent matters. If she was insulting gay people, that's different. A lot of people I know say that's ah, gay. And they don't mean they're not trying to insult gay people. That they're saying the thing is boring or dull or something like that. That's what they're trying to say. I, I, insensitive? Yeah. Should you? Probably not. Because you but Look, if you're gay and someone goes, oh, that thing, that's gay, and you're hurt by that, that's an issue, right? You could be annoyed by it. You, they probably should pick better words. I get that. And if you've been insulted as a gay person, so you probably could be more, more sensitive to it. It could be rawer if you've recently been insulted, and it happens often. I could see where you can be annoyed, but hurt's the wrong word. Inexcusable, wrong word. The problem with generations now growing up with screenshot permanent social media, nothing will ever be forgotten or forgiven. Deborah, I'm with you, and I wish the reverse were true. We should be thinking everything has got to be forgiven to the best of our ability because we're going to keep making mistakes. We have to, if nothing's forgotten, okay. But can't we watch somebody move through their career then? And I would ask, you know, and I don't have to ask, I know already. All these screenshots were taken from 10 years ago. The pieces of garbage who went back and found them all, if there were others, they would have had them. You can guarantee if she had them from last week or last year or five years ago, they would have had them, which means she did this 10 years ago, said she was sorry, and hasn't done it again. Huh? Isn't that what we're trying to achieve with everybody who makes a mistake, whatever your mistake might be, that you make a mistake, you get it? You try to get better. Isn't that what we want? She's literally doing exactly what they want them to do. And it's not enough. It's exactly what they want. And it's not enough. So you know what? I can never make you happy. So I won't even try. In fact, you're trying to destroy me. So I'll destroy you first. That's what we're creating. And when the backlash comes, we'll be surprised. Why? The backlash is already coming. This is a terrible place for us to be. You're seeing in business. You're seeing in life. You're seeing relationships. You're seeing it everywhere. And the fact that those people went back to find it and they weren't immediately fired. If I was their manager, I fire all of them that day. Gone. Pack your shit. Never come back. You're... You're only getting two weeks. I don't care if you've been here 10 years or five minutes. You got, you're getting two weeks pay. You're all gone. 
And if my boss want to fire me, I tell them to fire me because they're still gone. I'm firing them anyway. You can fire me if you want to. They're all gone. That's their lesson. You want to be a snitch? Good. Take your pink slip. Pack your trash. I fired more people for less reasons. You're gone. Sorry, anyway. Yes, how much was their life? Yes, yeah, think about that. Thank you. Oh my God, such a great point. Thank you. I'm sitting at my job, whatever I do for my work, and we're hiring a new person. Oh, who is Lexi? Oh, did we check her Twitter to see if she's a closet racist? We didn't. Get on that now. Okay, let me check. What do you got? Click. What do you got? You're using my time. I'm paying you to, I'm paying you to be a KGB agent? Pack your trash. And if you went home and did it, how sad is your life? You went home and you were like, I got nothing to do. Let me go try to ruin someone's life. How sad are you if you went home and did that? Instead of going home and going, why don't I hang out with friends or family or watch some Netflix or whatever is the cool thing you enjoy doing, doing the thing you like. Pet your cat. I don't care. Whatever you like. No, 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 no. I'm going to go ruin somebody's life. That'll be the good thing. I'm helping. You're not at all. Yes. The staffers sound like they were jealous of her. Sound like mean girls. Isn't the whole country becoming a bunch of mean girls? We're all becoming that. Yes. I think it's less about the offense and more about the power to cancel. I think it is about power, Andrew. I mentioned a bit earlier. I, I'm sorry, I didn't see this tweet you tweeted earlier. But yes, I think it's about power dynamic, right? Racism without power. Racism without the state. Sexism without power. Sexism without the state. Any form of bigotry without power is just annoying. Am I right? If there's no power behind it, it's just annoying. It's when there's power behind it where it matters, where I can stop you from doing things, where I can hurt you, where I can change your life, where I can affect how you live. Different world, 100%. That's bad. We got to stop that, 100%. Have to stop that. But when there's no power behind it, it's just a knucklehead kid like we all were. That's all it is. Where's her power dynamic? Who is she hurting? Who is she affecting? Who is she canceling? She's getting canceled. Play totally right. I'm concerned about implications for libertarian market regulation. Yeah. Yeah, this is a free market failure so far. Um, yes and no. Right. One of the reasons why it isn't is because of the laws I mentioned before. People are afraid of being sued. It's an issue. Right. So it's part of that too. It's both. So, but I see your point, right? You say all oh, the free market's failing. It's, it, yeah, absolutely. Um, their their life is so boring they had nothing better to do. Yeah. You know what, James? Thank you for that. You just gave me another way to link something else to the lockdowns. Thank you. I've linked yet another thing to the horribleness that is the lockdowns. People have time to sit home and destroy each other's lives. Yeah, you should be working, shouldn't you? No, you should be out with, at a movie. You should be having dinner with your friends. You should be having coffee with your family. You should be doing stuff with people that you love and care about, but you're not, you're at home. So I'm gonna go get James, that'll get him. Yes, that's what it is, 100%, yes. So. That's why no one should apologize to the woke offended mob. It does nothing. Never apologize. I I hate that you're right. I hate that you're right. I don't want you to be right. 
but I think you're right. I hate that you're right. Yep, he's with you. Yes, he's with you. Never apologize. Absolutely, yes. I commented, Sam says, I commented a joke on a joke meme and lost a network marketing job. Cardi B brags about drugging and robbing men and gets high-profile performances. Cancel culture is only applied in one direction. Yes, absolutely, in one direction. Yes, yes. Cardi B is a fellow Bronx native, just like me, and she's hardcore, right? And she's hardcore, and she can yell and scream, do whatever she wants, and she's fine. Why? Because she's powerful. That's it. Dave Chappelle said it best. I love when he said it. He's in a, a building. And he's doing a show. And he's in this show doing his show. And he's smoking. And he said, there's no smoking in this building as he keeps smoking. And he, go, you know, and he goes, you know what this is? People say, what? He goes, leverage. Keep smoking. He's like, no one's going to throw him out. He knows they're not. He's making them too much money. He's too powerful and popular. They ain't throwing him out. Remember when he was doing trans jokes? And he just doubled down. He said, you ain't, you ain't, you can get mad at me, trans people. I don't care. He's like, I don't care. He's mad. He's like, I got leverage. I can do what I want. Yes, it's only one way. You, you're not gonna mess with. You gotta mess with Cardi B. You're not gonna. You're not gonna mess with Dave Chappelle. You're not gonna. You're gonna mess with Cuomo. You're not gonna mess with Trump. You're not gonna mess with those guys. No, I'm just ignoring you. Who gets crushed? This woman, Alexi. You? Yes, we get crushed. Absolutely. <laughs> Cancel culture at its finest. It's a circular firing squad, and they're too short sighted to see it. Side note, I would love to see you on Tim Pool's podcast. Well, then why don't you go tell Tim Pool to bring me on? I've reached out to him. He doesn't love me anymore. He doesn't love me. Tell Tim that, I, that if he wants to love me, I'm, I'm happy to come on a show. It's not on me. That's on him. So, yes. Um, Larry, I agree with you. However, you're going to get yourself carried or canceled without agreeing with the woke people. Eventually, yes. This is why, by the way, thank you for bringing it up, Sonia. I appreciate that. Because you brought that up, guys, do me a favor then. Head on over to Sharp Way, my Sharp Way properties, the ones like on Twitter, the ones on Facebook, and follow me on those. So in case they cancel Larry Sharp, I'll still have Sharp Way. Head on over there, subscribe to me. I mean, follow me on Twitter. Head to my YouTube, the Sharp Way YouTube, not Larry Sharp, the Sharp Way YouTube. Subscribe to get some more subscribers. Do that in case, because Sonya could be right. They might all of a sudden dump it, right? You know? So follow me on Facebook, so the Sharp Way. Follow me on Twitter, The Sharp Way, and follow me on YouTube, The Sharp Way, and subscribe because Sonia's right. They might get rid of me. So I appreciate that really tremendously. Something else I'm going to bring up if I could. Guys, you're going to see, we're talking about cancel culture, right? I have a new one for you. Yes, I do. The censorship and free speech survey. Oh, yes. New stuff. There is a link right there in the description. Please click that link. Help me out. Help my sponsor. You know my sponsor, theadvocates.org. They help they, they help sponsor the show. Click on that. Take that survey. It's three to five minutes. All it is. Tell them how you feel on censorship and free speech. Take that survey. When you're done, complete it. And when you've completed it, share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, share it to your social media so that people see it. Do that. It's free. It makes my sponsors happy. It, it allows me to keep going. If you like what I'm doing, if you think it's valuable and you've got some cash, you got some Biden bucks coming in, throw some Biden bucks my way. Ten, Go to patreon.com slash sharpway. The link's right there. The link's also in the description if you want to. 10 bucks a month is fine. 25 is even better. If you... you are, life is good. 
If you don't have cash, no worries. Take that survey. That survey's free. It's like five minutes. That's all it is. Makes my sponsors happy. Take that survey. Finish it. Complete it. And then share it. Everybody's happy. It's awesome. And as always, like, comment, share. Every like, every comment, every share helps with those algorithms making things happen. Making things happen. So I appreciate all that you guys are doing. I really do. All right. Let me keep going here. Thomas says, raise your hand if you are proud of everything you did as a child or even as an adult. Yeah, my hand's not going up. <laughs> my hand's not going up. I literally took my daughters uh, this weekend on a drive into the Bronx where I was raised. And I showed them like my old neighborhood where, where I grew up, the big building, um, you know, the place where I got detained. <laughs> so all those things. Um, so I showed them all those different places that where I used to do things, stuff that I was embarrassed by. So, yes. I've luckily never been arrested. I've been detained three times, but never arrested luckily. So far, no arrest record. We'll see. With Sonia telling me, it may be soon. But right now, no. I appreciate that. Dan, watching New Jersey and commenting for the algorithm. That's my man, Dan. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate that. So, all right, see if I can keep going here. John says, the worst part of this is the attitude that people don't evolve and they're not the same person or carry the same values as 10 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Can't we get better? Can't we change? I think we can. I really do, John. I think you're right. And don't we want people to change? Right? If if you if you th this is the argument that we get. Well, we have to, you know, cancel them and get them out and, and give them no power and blah blah blah. Do they just go away and die? And if they do, how horrible are we? But they don't. They still exist. They still have lives. They still will do things. They'll just struggle more and they'll be angrier at you. They're not gonna, they're not gonna come to your side. And if they ever do get power, they're going to punish you in return. The backlash will be horrible. What's that old saying? Be kind to the people on the way up. That you're gonna meet the same people on your way down. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew says, Good grief, who cares? Their communistic policies don't affect us. Yeah, they don't, but they do. And right, and the reason why they don't affect me directly, that's true. They're in the long run because look, I'm I'm raising two kids in this environment. And they're gonna have to go off to work and work in an environment, maybe work in the office one day. Maybe they want to work for a, a fashion place like that. I don't know what they're gonna want to do. Who knows? Right? I'm raising kids here, and I want them to have the best environment they can have. I don't want them to feel like they can't, you know, do anything. So it does affect us in a way. It does. It's, Dan says, it's ridiculous that we can be canceled because of something insensitive that we said in the past, even if we apologize. I fear this will happen to me at some point. Oh, I know it's going to happen to me. I just, I'm already there. Like, I'm like, fine, let it go. Whatever. I'm sure it is. I produce, you guys watch me. You see me. I produce at least eight hours of live content every single week. At least. There's got to be something I said that's terrible. And I've been in somehow in a public eye for, I don't know, 12 years, give or take. So I'm sure that stuff I said that people are going to turn and shift and show some tweet and whatever and go, Larry's evil. Look, he hates in circle of people. I'm sure. So, and if it was bad, who knows? If it was bad, I would apologize to the people who I offended if I, if I did. And if it wasn't bad, I won't. And if it's just the woke police, they can take a hike. Have a nice day. That's it. Bye. I don't want to hear you. That would be my response to woke police. Or you haven't. And if they cancel me, they cancel me. I'm resilient. I'm not hurt 
because somebody said, I think black people are something. I'm not hurt by that. I might be annoyed by it, but I'll be able to get up real fast. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. So, um, Steve, Teen Vogue editor made unwoke tweets over 10 years ago. Staffers got her fired over it. See, Steve, not the opposite. If I was there, Teen Vogue editor made Teen Vogue editor made unwoke tweets over 10 years ago. Staffers got fired because of it. That's what I would have done because they were snitches. <laughs> That's what I would have done. Absolutely. So Jonathan says, well, redemption isn't something sharks, sharks smelling in the blood water, blood in the water tend to really consider. Good point. And they are. Absolutely. Yes. Dan says, same. I was supportive of the police state and warfare state 10 years ago. I used to cheer on people being bombed in the Middle East. You know, what's funny. I was just talking about this. In 2001, I saw the second plane hit the tower. I didn't see the first. So the second one hit. And I still remember this. This is 20 years ago. And I still remember how I felt. My initial feeling was, I'm calling 1-800-Marines and I'm joining up and I'm going in to fight. That was literally my initial thought process. That's what I thought. Yet, no, I didn't go, obviously. And I'm glad I didn't. And that's where I was. I would have never thought that now. I mean, it's, it's not who I am now. But even 20 years ago, I was on my fall. So when I was a kid, I was you know, 30, 40 years ago. Now I'm talking just 20 years ago. 20 years ago. That's what it was, right? 9-11, 20 years ago. And I was like, I'm going in. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. Dude, Don't you're not going in. Don't do this. But I thought it. I did. I'm not that person anymore. So, yes. So, um, nobody's perfect. What's going to happen when everyone gets canceled? Yeah. Here's and to remember. When you demand perfection, you will get deception. No one's going to be perfect. He's going to start lying about it. They're going to change the rules. They're going to move the goalposts because nobody's perfect. The elites don't ever want, you know, to uh, be removed. So they move the goalposts. You see it with Cuomo in New York. You see him do it, right? Oh, now you can't, you know, you you can't, you can't, uh, you know, quit when you're accused because it's undemocratic. But when it was someone else, he was pointing his finger. You need to step down. You need to step down. But it's him. Well, you know, now it's undemocratic or I, I'm not part of the, you know, he's also now he's not part of the elite. That's what Cuomo said. He's not. They don't like me because I'm not part of the elite. You are literally the elite. You are the king of New York. You are there. There's no one more elite in this state than him. And he's like, I'm not. part. You move the goalpost. That's all you do. So that's what's going to happen. They keep moving the goalpost. That's the issue. So. All right. Um, since this is AMA, did you hear or see about the news that there is a book that is about America's doctor, Fauci? And so he's writing a book, too. He didn't learn the lesson from Cuomo. You don't write the book until after. What's this guy doing? Someone just trying to make a bunch of money. Trying to make a bunch of money. We'll make this guy popular. Didn't give him a reality show. Ask Dr. Fauci. He's going to get a reality TV show now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's terrible. But I believe it. I mean, you would think they wouldn't. You think they'd learn from Cuomo's book, but no, not at all. Not at all. So Dan says, who would want to work with, or I'm sorry, for slash with people 
They want to destroy you for such things. People who need jobs and will take any job and will then get on the bandwagon because they don't want to get fired. That's what winds up happening in reality, Dan. You got a bunch of people there and two of them go, I think that's that woman who did the bad stuff. We can get her. And the other people think, well, I don't want to do that. Why would I want to do that? I don't want to get her. And then, well, oh, so you support her hating gay people and hating Asians? And you go, oh, uh, no, I'm as woke as you. And then all the woke mob gets together, and that's what happens. So it's not like they want to work. Some do. Don't get me wrong. There's always ringleaders. In any of these bad environments, there are always ringleaders. But the rest of them get stuck in it like, do I go against them? Do I lose my job? All these COVID lockdowns. You want to lose your job now? New York State's got a, what, a 9% unemployment rate, which, of course, means 18 or 20. You want to lose your job now? You wind up putting yourself in a spot. This goes back to my power dynamic. The people who had the actual power was the mob. They had the actual power. There was the power dynamic. It wasn't with Alexi. She didn't have it. They did. So Dan also says, uh, similarly, parents should never send their sons to liberal college. It's a hostile nature environment. Um, look, I haven't been a fan of college in general for years. Unless you're, unless you're trying to get a specific type of, you know, engineering degree or be a doctor or something like that or something. I don't know why people are going to college anymore. I mean, just, it's, it's a whole lot of debt for nothing. So you can get canceled. It's a whole bunch of debt so you can get canceled because you said something when you were in high school. That's what college is now. A, a, six figures of debt so that they can punish you from what you said 10 years ago. You know what? No, thanks. I'll just be my own person and get canceled whenever I need to get canceled. Maybe it's better. So Jonathan says, it's not Team Vogue. It's advertised stepping away. This is a valid point, right? And again, I bring this up. It's two things. It's, it's the... It's the it's it's the secret state police internal mob inside bringing it up, and then it's the advertisers reacting to it. You're right, and this is the worst part, right? So you'll find people say, "Well, I'm glad that they're acting." You know, oh, good for birds, bees for you know caring and calling out racism or whatever is the thing they'll say. And I would say, shame on them for crushing some woman for nothing, for nothing. For supporting witch hunts. Why would you do that? Shame on you, birds, bees. I, I agree with you, Jonathan. They should not, they should have said, I don't care. That's what I would have said. Leadership said, I don't care. But I'll go back with leadership. Why didn't leadership stand up for her? If it's my company, and obviously it's not, but if it's my company and I hire her thinking that she's the right person for the job and my little woke mob does this, I would be embarrassed that I hired and ran a team that would do that. So first thing I'd be like, I, I put you guys together. Sh wow, have I failed. You're all fired. You're all gone. Fire all of them. I failed. Reboot. I'm a terrible manager if I created that environment where they thought, you know, it's a good idea. I know it's a good idea being snitches on people who are joining. And I had that. Shame on me. Fire them. But if now Bert Spees comes by and say, Bert, Whoever's the leader at Burt Bees, I'm going to say it's Burt. Burt, what are you doing? It's 10 years old, you're 17. Well, we can't have it. Bye. And when you leave, I'm telling about what you just did. This way, next guy's going to do it. Yeah. Someone's got to stand up here. Will no one stand up? 
I think the answer is no one will stand up because that's what should have happened. And the funny part is if this is funny, if they had actually, if I'd stood up to them and said, no, what's wrong with you? You know what would have happened? People my age would have said, thank you for standing up. Oh my God. Thank you. And I would have got more business. I would have got more business because you know what all people also respect strength that too, not only, but that too. I'd get different clients, I guess, but it's fine. I still have them. So anyway, all right. Um, if she did that, she would be interviewed everywhere. Yes, exactly right. Yes. Thank you for that. Of course she would. Yes, absolutely. Let's keep going here if I can. All right. Um, racism today is based on if a person agrees or not. When I say I don't support BLM, I get called a racist. Agrees or not. I would modify that a little bit. I wouldn't say agree. I would say supports the same movements. It's a little bit different. You don't actually have to agree, but you have to kind of be on the same page, if that makes sense. But I'm, I know I'm nuancing this, but I think it is a nuance here. It's not necessarily agree. It's we kind of got to be on the same page, right? So if we're on the same page here, you could be off a little bit. But we're on the same page. I think that's what it has to be. And you have to hate whoever we all hate, right? So if I hate these people, you have to hate them too. If you hate them too, then we're okay. So I think that's it. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, yeah, quite a bit of brown shirty tactics. Yep. Yes. Yep. So, um, Paul, so this is why I hate to see it. People love Trump. Hate it. You mean hate to say it? Yeah, no, no. I, I think a lot of, look, there are people who actually like Trump and his policies and everything. Those people exist. I want to, I don't want to try to say this is only the reason. There are people who actually like Trump and like his policies and think he's the right guy for the job. 100% those people exist. But as a big chunk of them, I don't know how big. I would guess at least a third. That's a guess. I don't have, I have no data on this. Take it for whatever value and take it. Just to guess a feeling that probably about a third or so are like, I just hate the left. So Trump hates the left. I'm in. This is my point earlier, Matt, about you have to hate the right group of people. So hating socialists or hating the left is enough for a lot of people to go Trump because he hates them. I hate him too. Let's go. So there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of that. And this isn't helping. This is not doing the left any favors at all. It just isn't. So um, one strike and you're out for young adults is what they went through in school years. Yeah, it is a culture. Yes, it is a culture that is horrible. Sam says, interesting. Leftists claim racism is about power, not about language. Was this woman of color powerful at 70 years old? That's my point. The left philosophy is not consistent or just it's about opportunity. Yeah. And again, I'm with you on the power piece. I think that's a problem. Power dynamics absolutely matter. And they're an issue. And we should look at them. We should care about them. Absolutely. It's an issue. She had no power. What was she doing? The mob had power over her. Everyone had power. She was powerless. That's why she bent the knee so fast more than once. She bent the knee three times and still bent the knee three times and still wasn't good enough. So, yes. Jimmy says, I was the king of knuckleheads. <laughs> I'm glad. Yes. Uh, if you were the, the king, I don't know. Maybe I was the prince. I don't know. But I was a knucklehead too. So, I think most of us were, weren't we? I mean, most of us were. We were teenagers. We didn't know anything. We didn't. We didn't know better. 
So of course you made dumb mistakes, trying to be cool, trying to figure out how to be, you know, the cool guy or the cool gal, trying to figure that stuff out and making just terrible mistakes. Of course we did. I, I, I don't know. Dan says, does anyone doubt that this woman would be the first one to pollen appear who made a similar mistake? She won't fight back because she believes she'd be punished if found out. Dan, I'm unsure. I'm unsure. And the reason why I say it is, is she's just really had her butt kicked. And she might actually be a, a, almost like a reverse, you know, crusader against this now. I don't know what's going through her head. I think to make that assumption right now, I don't think you can, to be fair to her, right? She might be like, yeah, they're all bad, but I doubt it. I, If you went back five or ten years, maybe. Now? This system has devastated her. She's embarrassed. Her picture is everywhere. She's like an Asian racist now. I mean, I I can't see her piling on right now. I don't I don't think that's what would happen. Maybe five years ago. Maybe not now. The damage that's been done has been huge. I, I don't see her doing that. I I don't. So, um, it's not cancel. It's attack to embarrass culture. Ooh. Okay. Embarrass culture. Attack culture. Okay. <laughs> Jeff said, did someone on CNN just say something that's actually made sense? And the reason why I bring this up, and I, and I often will bring two different people up when I show you clips. I'll often bring up Fried Zakaria. I watch him on Sundays. And I'll also often bring up Michael Smirconich. I watch him on Saturdays. Um, CNN's shows in the, on the weekends are actually decent shows. Fox New, New Sunday is also a good show, but they just don't, don't always have the coolest stuff. So I'm try, I try to find the right ones that seem to, to fit the narrative that I'm trying to find and talk about. This time it was McConish. I didn't I didn't put up um, the other two at all. But those are the three I usually bring up because I think they're the best weekend shows. Weekday shows on Fox and CNN, MSNBC, they're really just, it's just, Opinion piece after opinion piece after opinion piece. It's this happened for reaction. Guy who believes exactly what I believe. And guy who hates the same people I hate. Okay, here's what happened. What's your take? Your reaction. Oh, you agree with me? Awesome. How about you? Oh, you hate them too? Me too. Done. Back after the break. Some more stuff that happened with more reaction. That's every show. And the beginning though, before they go into that show, is some self-righteous monologue about how the other is evil. It's either Don Lemon or Laura Ingram talking about how the other's evil. That's the first segment. And the second segment is reaction on, on who agrees with me. Those aren't valuable shows in my eyes. This aren't. Um, so I watch weekend shows, which are much more valuable. You actually get information. You get real interviews. You get real data. Now, there's always spin, Jeff. And I would try to tell you, you need to look for the spin. There is spin. But if you look beyond the spin, you can get real information. And I think Smoganish gave us good information. I think he did. So, hope that's true. So, <clears throat> um, oh, you're already to the, sorry, did I read it? Yep. All right. Um, it's is it coincidence that the leftists have adopted cultural policies that mirror the Chinese Communist Party? One, self-policing. Two, punish people who disagree with the state. Three, force unity. Um, I don't think so. I think what's happening is left and right are are both feeling like they're under attack, like they're losing, um, like they have to destroy the other, 
And when they feel that way, they act accordingly. I think that's true. I hope we can, you know, as James was talking about, I hope it's not too late for us to make a change. To say you don't have to, you don't have to punish people to screw the state or force unity. I'm actually okay with the self-policing part. Eh, I'm all right with that one. That's the end of the world. But punishing everybody and force unity, those two are going to fail. I mean, those two are just going to fail and fail badly. It's it's not going to work. So I hope not those, right? I really do hope that. So, all right. Uh, let's see. Um, you are a great point and counterpoint in one person. Thank you for your tenacity and big picture view. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate that. Yes, thank you. I do try to go back and forth. I'm trying to be fair if I can. So I'm, I'm trying. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. So Kelly says, I don't know the whole thing and can't remember the author, but first they came for the social. Yes, it was a, uh, was it a Norwegian priest? I think it was a Norwegian priest. Maybe I'm not sure. Or maybe it was it was it was some some member of the clergy. It was some member of the clergy. But yes, I don't know the whole thing, and I can't remember the author. But first they came for the socialist, but I wasn't a socialist, so I did nothing. Then they came for the unionist, but I wasn't a unionist, so I said nothing. Then they came for the Jews, and I wasn't a Jew, so I said nothing. When they came for me, there was no one left to speak. Yep, that's happening right now. In 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 democratic circles more than ever. It happens in Republican circles too, but just far, far less. Far less. I mean, magnitudes less. You do find it in the right. It does happen. I suppose we'll, we'll say, well, doesn't the right do it? Here or there, it's just far less. Really far less. Once in a while you'll find and usually if the left, if the right does it, it'll be it'll be because someone really hates Trump. They call themselves a Republican, but hate Trump. That person might get removed. That could happen. So yeah, absolutely. So Royal says companies need to stay out of politics, but they're afraid because this is actually culture. That's the issue. This is actually culture and not politics. That's the issue, right? That's the problem. It's culture and culture affects them. Yeah. People at Teen Vogue may well have been afraid to stand up for Lexi mob mentality is terrifying. And it takes just one bully to start a feeding frenzy. I agree with that. I've seen it happen before, Paula. I, I work in companies where I see it. There's always a couple of people who are, who are, you know, um, who are the ringleaders. And good leaders immediately confront just those ringleaders, bring them in, talk them through, put them through an actual, you know, how am I going to deal with your performance? Let them know what's expected of them, not by yelling at them and canceling them, but by letting them know what's expected and then holding them to those expectations, which expectations do not include starting crap among the, the people. Unless they're doing that, you draw them back off. They keep going back. Now they're insubordinate. You get rid of them for insubordination. That's how you actually handle people like that. You have to handle one of them because once one of them is taken care of, the rest collapse. That's how it works. It, most people don't care. The average employee doesn't care about any of this. Just to be forward, the average employee does not care about any of this. They want to do their job. They want to do a good job and feel like they're accomplishing something in whatever field they're in. And they want to get some kind of recognition and they want to get paid. That's what the average employee cares about. Do their job. Have some impact in whatever field they're in. Get some kind of recognition for their work and get paid. Do those four things. The vast majority of, of employees are like, 
I'm good. I'm good. Do those four things. I'm good. They don't care about this righteousness stuff. Not part of their world at all. But then there's one rabble rouser. One guy goes, now nah, we got to get him. And leadership doesn't act. This is what you get. This shows poor leadership in Condé Nast. It shows poor leadership. That's what it does. So I hope that was clear. All right. Um, Sam says, I will not be reading a book by Dr. Fauci. Uh, Fauci. Oh, and I like that. Yes, Fauci. There we go. He said, don't wear a mask early on uh, to hoard masks, not because the science changed. He could have asked, but instead he lied. Crime against humanity? Wow. That's a harsh one, Sam. You think crime against humanity because he was, because he wanted to hoard masks. That's a tough one. That's a, mm, wow. I see the argument. I do. I think it's a tough one, though, I, uh, because he might have just not realized what he was doing, and he might have thought he was doing something for the greater good. I'm unsure. That's a tough one, though, but I see where you're going with it. I see where you're going with it. Yeah. Uh, the Bullfrog says there's definitely a nuance with it. I hate BLM, the organization, but I fully support the BLM movement. The organization openly supports communism, but the movement um, was geared towards the issues of race. You know, you're right. It is a problem, right? It really is. And there's, it's almost impossible. The only way you could fix it is by literally giving the movement a new name. That'd be the only way of doing it, right? And I don't know if it's even possible. I don't know if it's even possible. It's it's a problem. You have a situation to where, look, the average person, and this will make some of you guys in the right angry, but I'm going to be very full with you. The average person who supports BLM doesn't know what BLM stands for. You may, be, you may not want to believe that. You may not hear that. I'm just letting you know that's true. The average person who supports BLM has no idea what the organization stands for. They don't. They just think, oh, black people are in trouble. I want to help black people. I support BLM. Here's money. Here's stuff. They don't know. They just think, oh, it's like pro-black people, right? Okay. That's the average one. Don't get me wrong. There are absolutely people who know exactly what it stands for and act accordingly. All I'm saying is to assume anyone who goes BLM or Black Lives Matters knows that is unfair to them. I would say at least half. Don't even know. Don't even know. They're just like, I want to help people. They're trying to do the right thing. They're just wrong. That makes any sense. So, yes. Dan says, I'm realizing that I, I should count my blessings that I've been able to spend my entire 30-day career in agricultural working with people that I like and respect who focus on being productive. Yeah, Dan, that's amazing. Good for you, man. Good for you. You made some good decisions. I'm sure there were some smart moves along with some luck, along with some hard work. I'm sure that all connected and boom, you got the right thing. Nice. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, she likes you. You know what? I'll reach out to her. I got a feeling she's not going to want to come on, but I'm I'm happy to have her on if she wants to come on. I'll, you know what? I'll reach out to her. Joe Jorgensen didn't help libertarians get the anti-woke vote. The anti-woke, the anti-woke vote voted Trump. Libertarian president candidates should do more to expose the woke movement for the anti-woke vote. Hmm. I think you're right on the first part. I do think Trump was the obvious anti-socialist candidate. He was openly aggressive, openly against them. I think that's true. I don't know. I, see, I, I'm not. 
I think differently about libertarian candidates. I was one, as you, as you probably know already. I think libertarian candidates have to have interesting campaigns with interesting ideas and policy. That's what the Jorgensen campaign lacked. It was a boring campaign with virtually no policy. It was a rhetoric machine campaign. And that doesn't work, You particularly in this environment. You've got to be able to say, I have an answer to solve the problem while they're yelling at each other. We didn't do that. So I think that's where she failed. I don't. I would have stayed out of the entire woke anti woke thing. I wouldn't have been involved in it at all. I don't. I would have cared about any of it. Do you want to solve some problems? Here's how. You actually want to fix something? Here's how. That's where I would have gone. Um, if I'd run, I I I couldn't have run. If I would have run, if I could have run, I would have run. I couldn't have. Just impossible. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Um, Sonia says I'm screwed if my if my MySpace from when I was 12 gets found. All right, buddy. Gestapo, go looking on it. Get her, <laughs> of course. Yes, um, it was a priest. Yes, I, I think it was. Was it Catholic priest? I thought it was some clergy member from a Protestant sect. I thought, N- not, not sure. Yes. So, there we go. Shelly says Lutheran priest. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Maybe we should Protestant. Okay, maybe it's Protestant. Yeah, there we go. I, I actually forgot. I'm sure someone will pop it up. There we go. Up and looks like someone found it. Is that uh, Paula? Did you find it? There we go. Found it. Um, Paula found it. It's a poetic form of a post-war confessional prose by German Lutheran pastor Martin that believes was Niemöller. So Niemöller. There we go. 100%. He passed away in 84. Thank you. There we go. There we go. Good. So uh, let's see if I can keep going here. Larry, you and Gary Johnson are ones with the policies, last plans, and I know Johnson is not going to run. That's true. Uh, yeah, I love it. Um, let's see here. Royal says, I debated with what I think is a communist slash socialist. And he said, Jorgensen wanted to abolish the government saying he interviewed her, but I still haven't gotten a link from him. Yes, she probably said that. That's rhetoric, right? That makes sense. I don't know if she said that, but I believe it. That that was what she said. She, w- she was about rhetoric. She would say the libertarian rhetoric things like abolish this, abolish that. She would say stuff like that. So that actually makes sense. And I believe that even though I don't know, but I mean, when I interviewed her, I couldn't talk about policies. She didn't have any. So I just kind of let her say stuff. That's it. So um, Eberific says the Teen Vogue story had instant karma. Apparently, the employee leading the charge is facing the gavel over tweets with the N-word, but not the one with the hard R. Okay. Yeah, but you know what? I guess you get what you pay for, right? So I guess that that's how that works. So guys, I want to make sure if you don't mind, I always say this, please guys, if you have time, head on over to my censorship and free speech, head on over to that link. It is in the description. It is right here. Click on it. Help me out. Support my sponsors, theadvocates.org. Click on this. Take that survey. It's like five minutes. That's it. You can, you can give me five minutes. You gave me like an hour already. Give me like five minutes. Take this, take this survey. Let people know what you think and share it. Take it, complete it, and share it. Theadvocates.org, there's the link. Click that specific link, please, to make that happen. If you've got some cash, you like what I'm doing, if you think I'm providing value, if you want me to keep doing it, support it. Patreon.com slash Shotway. Throw me some Biden bucks, 10 bucks a month, it's fine, 25 bucks, even better. If you're super rich, making a big dollar, maybe you work at Condé Mask, maybe you, maybe you got... um. Kind of nasty, sorry. Maybe you got the Alexi's old job. Throw that hundred bucks a month because you're making the big dollars. Whatever you got, ten bucks is fine. Though. Please, it, it, whatever you can do, 
always helps. Always, though, like, comment, share. Matters tremendously. That's the most important thing. Let people know what we are doing. Guys, I want to say thank you so much for this evening. I appreciate all the time you gave me. I will have some more cool stuff coming up uh, in the next couple of days, some cool reaction videos, and a couple of interviews. I will see you all tomorrow.